Welcome to the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson. Turn on the music, turn up the headphones, grab yourself a sandwich, and listen in, because here we go. baby Ooh, man it's been about two months since we've done a, a podcast so many things have happened since the last time i've been here i got married i uh, bought a house with my wife went on a uh, a cruise to alaska on our honeymoon it's been fantastic action-packed events not only in the ufc but in life in general and so um i've been keeping up with it don't think i haven't we're back podcast every week starting today and starting off let's just hit it right in the nose with this past week's fights. UFC London. Uh, we, we, if you follow us on Instagram, we did our three picks. We did Tom Aspinall, Molly McCann, and Paul Craig. Went two for three on the night, which I did some tallying. And so far on our bets, we have a winning record. Just throwing that out there. We are 20 and 14. Okay, so we've picked 20 fights correctly, 14 incorrectly. It's a W in my book, okay? 20 wins, 14 losses. We are in the green. Keep on track with me. Keep going. That's all I got to say. So starting off, let's go back to UFC London. Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tybura in the main event. I caught it on Instagram. If you looked on my page, if you're not following, follow us. It is Knuckle Sandwich Podcast, okay? I'll put the link in the bio, baby. You better follow it. I better get like 600 new followers after this episode gets posted. Now look, I said that Tom is back. From his injury, and there's two things, two unknowns in this fight. Number one, how will Tom look? This is his first fight back. He's back in 0-2. You know, is is the pressure going to be too much for this man? Obviously, it was not. If you watched, you could tell he felt he felt good. He was light. He was jumping around, moving. He looked fast and powerful. The number two was Tibera looks a lot more in shape. I think he had lost. He cut down like 20 pounds. Didn't have the gut on him like he normally did. So it kind of was a an unknown from both ends of the spectrum, from both fighters that we didn't know how this was going to play out. But I still picked Tom by TKO. And in a minute and 13 seconds, I repeat, a minute 13, Tom Aspinall won by TKO in the first round. Now, Tom Aspinall is that guy. He will be a champion in the next two years. I'm calling it, okay? Tom Aspinall... Um, I think he is the complete factor. We haven't really seen his ground game. We've seen it once, right? Um, but this dude, I mean, he. I think he has the complete package. You know, if we look at some of the top five guys like uh, like Surreal Gone, he called him out. Um, I think it's a fantastic fight. But if you look at like Surreal, Surreal doesn't have the uh, the wrestling or the ground game like like Tom does. If we look at uh, uh, Pavlovich, he's got the wrestling, but does he really have the ground game? He's got the size, right? And he's got the power. I think... That's an interesting matchup for Tom possibly down the road. Um, if we look at Curtis Blades, um, I think Tom did not get the uh, the chance to really show what he could do against Curtis, and I think that is one of the most interesting fights that we can make right now. Um, but I think against most of these top five, top ten guys, Tom beats them eight times out of ten. Eighty percent of the time, I think Tom Aspinall is the next um, is the next. Stipe, right? I think he's going to run the division for a little while, but I think he needs to take one more step to get there. And I think, he, like I said, he called out uh, Surreal Gun. I think that would be a fantastic fight. 
Um, I also think the Curtis Blades rematch, I've been vouching for that ever since Tom has announced that he's coming back. Um, I really want that fight to happen because I think it's so interesting. It'll be such a great matchup between the two of those guys. And then obviously Sergey Pavlovich. Um, if he's going to sit out for a while, he's going to be sitting out for a while. Um, he might as well fight, and he might as well fight the, the number two contender, I'm going to say, Tom Aspinall. So those are my three picks for Tom. Tom looked phenomenal in his fight against my son Tarbura, and uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's on his way to the top. Um, in our second pick, we picked Molly McCann. And uh, Molly, I thought, in, in my, my Instagram post and my prediction, I said that with the O2 crowd in her ear and behind her the whole fight, the adrenaline of Molly McCann will take her through any challenge. We saw it the last two times she fought in London. And uh, it was, you know, the thought was there. The thought was, okay, she is going to run through Julia. And uh, she did not. Julia took the fight to her immediately, put the pressure on, um, put her against the cage, and really showed her like, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm here. You're not going to run through me. The crowd noise is not going to get to me. Um, Julia is a submission specialist. Um, she's had some trouble with weight cuts, so, you know, with going down in that weight class to, uh, I, we thought that maybe that would do something to her, but she looked crisp and she looked good. Once they got to the ground, it looked like Molly was going to be able to pop back up, and she reversed it on her and then got that armbar and eventually won the fight. So what I think is next for Molly McCann is to go down. She said that she has been fighting bigger people, people that are taller than her, people that are wider than her. So it's time for her to pick on some people her own size, and I think that's a smart move. So going down to straw weight, Molly McCann is the next thing for her. Uh, the third pick that we had on the night was Paul Craig over Andre Muniz. Um... I was talking to a buddy of mine at work today, and, you know, Paul Craig, in his uh, pre-fight post, or his pre-fight conference, he said that he should have always been fighting at middleweight, that he always felt uh, like he was fighting in too big of a weight class, and I agree. I think that uh, he looked super, he looked big for a middleweight, which uh, is, I think, what he really needs. Um, a lot of the guys he was fighting were a little bigger than him, which he was still able to take on, but that fight with Johnny Walker, I think, really kind of solidified like, hey, I need to move down, right? Um, because he got bullied in that fight. Um, I think Paul Craig looked crisp. He looked lean, but he looked mean uh, in the fight against Munez this past weekend. Um, I had him by submission. I thought he was going to you know, pull out the triangle like he normally does, but he ended up getting on top. Uh, his striking looked good. His defense looked good. Um, and whenever he got the takedown in that round two, he was able to stay on top, stay in mount, land some elbows, and ultimately get the TKO finish. I think he's, uh, obviously he should be ranked now. He just beat a ranked opponent. I think uh, two fighters make sense to me. Um, Brendan Allen, Jack Hermanson. I think both of those guys would make interesting fights. Both guys can wrestle. Both guys can go on the ground. Both guys can stand up. So I think it makes for a good all-around fight for either one of the individuals in that cage, right? Um, so I think for Paul Craig, what's next for him is either Jack Hermanson or Brendan Allen. That was our three picks for UFC London. Now, UFC 291, the BMF title is on the line this weekend. Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. Man, I'm about tongue-tied myself. Fight number two for these guys. They fought uh, back in 2018 with a round four KO, uh, Poirier over Gaethje. And I think, in my opinion... Uh, Dustin Poirier is going to pull it out again. What I I love Justin Gaethje to death. He's one of my favorite fighters, and I love Dustin Poirier too. Both of these guys are great. They're great people. They're great fighters. 
the uh, the thing that sticks out for me for Poye over Gaethje is um, Poye's discipline in the cage. When they come up with a game plan, he's good to alter off of it a little bit, but he normally sticks to his game plan the whole entire fight. Um, Justin Gaethje tends to get a little wild when he his fight or flight hits and he's he's uh, he's fighting right and. Um, He's willing to go down swinging. And I think that really is what happened in the last fight with them. Um, and I think that may happen again because I feel like Justin is going to feel like, okay, I've got to do something or, you know, I'm not going to be in this title picture anymore. Right? I think this is kind of like one of the fights for both of these guys that uh, they've got to kind of win or it's going to be a step back for them. Um, but I think Poye over Gaethje, um, we may see another TKO or KO finish, but I think more than likely, both these guys are better than they were in 2018, uh, in my opinion. So I think it could go to decision as well. But Poye over Gaethje um, is going to be our first pick for UFC 291. Second of all, we've got Jan Bohovic and Alex Pereira. Pereira's first fight at 205 light heavyweight. Um, we heard earlier in the week, uh, Jamal Hill, I believe, ruptured his Achilles and he has vacated the title. I had said earlier when I heard that that I wouldn't be surprised if they put an interim title on this bout. And they have not done that. But I do believe that probably the winner of this fight will end up fighting Yuri Prohashka for the belt. Um, and then once Jamal Hill is healthy, he'll fight whoever the champ is at the time. Um, I think this fight could go a few different ways. But I do believe that um, for Jan, he needs to treat this fight just like he did with Israel, right? So what he did with Izzy is... He, he stood with him. He threw some blows. He landed more strikes than Izzy did, but also he landed takedowns, had control time. Um, I was looking through the stats earlier. Seven minutes of control time against Israel. He's going to be the bigger fighter. He's going to be the bigger guy um, against Alex Pereira. Um, and so I think the key to this win for him is going to be to wrestle. And I think if he wins this fight, he's back in that title contention, right? Um, so I've got Jan over Alex. The other way that this could go is if Alex is able to keep it standing, um, then I think this could make an interesting bout, and I think his length could help him. But I just feel like the Polish power of Jan Bukowicz, um will be able to dictate where this fight goes. And so I see Jan winning um, either by TKO or by decision um, over Alex Pereira. For the third fight, this is my pick em fight. I don't really know which way this is going to go because when you look at this on paper, Steven Thompson versus Michelle Pereira. Uh, obviously, you want to go with Thompson, but whenever you look at the stats, Pereira's won five in a row. Now, not over the biggest name guys, but five in a row in the UFC is a big deal. Um, Thompson just finished a two-fight skid streak whenever he fought Kevin Holland. And, um, man, I think this could go either way. Neither one of these guys are a um, finisher specialist, right? I think this fight's going to go to decision. And I think this is going to be end up being a points battle where it could go either way because both these guys pretty much want to stand and then throw some crazy kicks. And I think this is going to be like a a, uh, a highlight fight where this is going to be the reels that they do for promotions from now on for both these guys. I think it's going to be something fun. It's going to be something entertaining. Um, but I think Steven Thompson pulls it out, and I think he does that by his precision. Pereira can get a little bit acrobatic. And I think with Thompson's age and his ability to stay disciplined and stay um, in the right positions, I think that he's going to be able to pull something out a little bit more uh, than Pereira will. So I've got Thompson over Michelle Pereira by decision 
uh, this Saturday. Moving next, the Battle of the Old Heads. Uh, this fight, you know, I said that Bobby Green should reface uh, uh, Jared Gordon whenever that was a no contest. And um, when they announced this fight, I, I understand it, but I don't at the same time, right? Um, Bobby Green and Tony Ferguson make sense if they're both retiring after this fight. Um, but if they're not, I, th- I do think this is Tony Ferguson's retirement fight. He's lost like five in a row. Even though they've been against some of the best lightweights in the division, you got Benil Daryush, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, uh, Oliveira. I but I think that um, yeah, I, I just think Bobby Green his speed. I really think that Bobby Green won the last two fights. Now, the last one against Jared Gordon was a no contest due to a headbutt, and then the one before that, he was dominating Drew Dober, and then just got caught and and ultimately lost the fight. Um, but I think his speed and his power in his hands or is what's going to get his hand raised. I think he's got to watch out for the takedowns um, but I, because Ferguson is crafty on the ground. But I think overall, overall, this is Bobby Green's fight. And I think he can win it or lose it. I think it's really up to him. It's not up to Tony Ferguson. Um, but I've got Green by knockout round three. And then... For the last fight that we're picking for this parlay, I'm picking all five of these babies, and we're going to mix and match them, and I'll post that later in the week. Um, but I've got Kevin Holland over Michael Chiesa, and this is another interesting fight that I think uh, could go either way, but I, I believe that Kevin Holland's going to pull out the edge. He's been more active, number one. He's fought some high-ranked high, uh, opponents. Um, just thinking of like Thompson, Chemaev, um, guys like that that... In all honesty, did he have any reason to fight these guys? Now, um, he's fighting a ranked welterweight that I think could give him a little bit of uh, of some test. And we know that with him, whenever it's come to these big, bigger fights or ranked fights, he's kind of choked in them. You know, you've got Vittori, you've got Thompson, you've got Shemaev. He's lost those fights. And I think, for one, I think it's going to be a mental battle for him. He's got to understand his place. He's got the length. He's got like a three, four, five inch reach advantage over Michael Chiesa. He's going to be better in the stand-up. Um, I think he's got to keep it there because Chiesa can take it to the ground and, uh, and finish the fight. Um, but I think he's got to be calm and composed on the ground. But I think ultimately he's got to use his length. Chiesa's coming off some injuries and some losses and things like that. And I don't think he's fought in the last two years. So I think that uh, with that... We've got to stay standing, attack the weaknesses, and stay calm on the ground because we know more than likely it is going to go there. But so for my five picks this weekend, Dustin Poirier, Jan Bohovich, Stephen Thompson, Bobby Green, my boy Kevin Holland. Now for the announcement this week, there's been so many things going on that I've missed out on from, from not being on the microphone. Uh, so we're just going to go over some of the uh, the newest things uh, that have been announced. Number one, I'm going to UFC Nashville August 5th. Um, and when they announced that it's now Rob Font and not Umar, yes, I was sad. But I think this makes such a more compelling matchup for Corey Sanhagen. Um, because now the dynamic of the fight is completely different. You've got Sanhagen... Um, that can stand and go to the ground. You've got Rob Fine, that's a boxer. Uh, I I think this is a great fight all, all around for both of these guys. 
Um, and I think this fight makes more sense. Yes, Umar needs a fight. He hasn't fought in a little while, and he needs a probably, honestly, a top-five opponent. But it all just worked out this way, and I think this way is going to work out better for both of these men. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Hopefully, um, maybe, uh, you know, pull out the microphone a little bit at the uh, event. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try and get some different content out there for you guys um, from seeing it live myself. Now, to fights that have been announced, Islam Makhachev versus Charles Oliveira. Number two, uh, this fight is going to be interesting. I think uh, I think if Charles can fight like Alexander Volkanovsky, I think Islam's in trouble. Um, Oliveira's looked fantastic his last couple fights. His fight against Benil Dariush was like just a, a clinic of, hey, I am still the best and I deserve this title fight, and 100% he does. Now, I, I think it's going to be an interesting fight, and I think it's going to be a difficult fight. I don't really know if I have a prediction yet. I still need to sit on this one a little bit more. But one fight that I do have a prediction for is the co-main event, more than likely, of that night. Hamzat Chemaev versus Paulo Costa. Middleweight fight. Um, I think this was the right one to make. They've been, you know, Hamzat's just been all over Twitter trying to talk about this and this and this and calling people out. Calling Kamaru Usman out doesn't make any sense. Um... This fight makes sense to me, and I think, hear me out, I think Hamzat wins this. I think Hamzat wins this fight, and then he gets a middleweight title fight. And this is why. Costa struggles with weight cuts, right? Costa's a big old dude that I thought was going to go to 205. Um, so for him to not, I think he's going to struggle a little more with this weight cut. I think there's so much uh, hype involved with it. He's going to be drinking that bottle of wine the night before, you know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I think Hamzat, his wrestling is better. He's a dominant fighter. Now, we haven't seen him at 185, so this could be a completely different test. But I think that he's going to be able to dictate this fight when it comes to the uh, the grappling portion. So I think, he, I, I think he controls this fight pretty well. Um, I've got Hamzat by... Man, let's just go, let's go crazy. TKO round two. And then the big one. John Jones, Stipe Miocic in New York. Jones has said multiple times that he plans on retiring after he be, defeats Stipe in his hometown. Um, I think it's smart. The reason why, if you didn't listen in the beginning of the podcast, there's a lot of guys at the top of this list that are hungry. Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich, uh, Curtis Blades, the list goes on and on and on. I think that John sees the competition that's coming up and says, you know what? I'm a, I've already solidified GOAT status. There's no reason for me to go anymore. So I think John Jones does retire after this. But does he beat Stipe? That is the question. And that's what I want you to think on this week. And we'll touch on more on it next week. Does John Jones beat Stipe Miocic? Greatest of all time. Greatest heavyweight of all time. The matchup that you, you couldn't make any better. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I love being back on the mic. And, uh, man, I hope this is going to be a fantastic card. Hope you watch it. Um, and we'll cover it next week. Peace!